It's finally here. It's Christmas Day. March Madness kicks off. The gifts have all been opened. I'm downing Santa's milk and cookies. I've got my Christmas jammies on, my slippers on my feet. Sitting over here, I got the trusty Tyler Hansborough jersey ready to go. We've got 48 games this weekend, starting with 16 today on Thursday, but there's only one game we care about right now, and that's Carolina versus Marquette Thursday afternoon. I've got my game pick for you, a preview. I'm going to let you know my final four picks in national championship. All of that coming up on today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Thursday, March 17th, 2022. Welcome in to the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Isaac Shade, beat writer for Sports Illustrated's UNC site. I want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first watch, and if you're watching on YouTube, your first watch every single day. Please don't forget, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And I wasn't joking off the top. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see this. If you're listening, I'll just explain the scene to you. I'm legitimately wearing my Christmas jammies. Look at that plaid, that's great. I legitimately have my slippers on. It's green, because you know it's good. I'm sitting here eating Santa's cookies from last night, March Madness Eve. That's a little bit stale. Drinking Santa's milk, gotta make sure that's gone before the kids get up, you know? Oh, that's good. That makes the stale cookie better. Mm. I want to know how you are celebrating March Madness. I'm doing it by celebrating Christmas morning. What do you do with your family or your friends? Do you have traditions, certain foods? Let me know. Shoot me something on Twitter or an email, whatever it is. We'd love to hear from you. All right, let's get right into this game. Today, Thursday, March 17th, inside Dickey's Arena in Fort Worth, Texas, tipping off at approximately 3.30 local time, 4.30 Eastern time. On TBS, the Tar Heels are currently favored by four for on Bet Online over Marquette. So that's a great thing to know. I want to start by going into some of the intriguing storylines that I'm seeing. And then in the next segment, we're going to actually unpack it. I'll give you my game preview and my game pick. First storyline I'm watching is Revenge Part Number One. That is revenge against Shaka Smart. Carolina struggled against Shaka Smart's Texas teams. In his tenure while in Austin, the Tar Heels played the Longhorns three times and were 0 for 3 in those three games. Oddly enough, Carolina was ranked and ranked higher than Texas in each one of those and yet still lost. But those three losses were only by a combined margin of seven points. Two points in the first game, three in the second, and two in the third. So some very close, very good competitive games against Texas and Shaka Smart. But they're going to have to do better uh, against this Marquette version. By the way, Carolina has struggled all time against Texas. Three and nine, have lost five in a row. Got to remedy that. So the big question for Revenge Part 1 is can Carolina finally solve Shaka Smart? 
Revenge Part 2 is the next storyline I'm looking at. Uh, you probably recall last year, in the COVID year, Carolina kind of last minute in Marquette scheduled a game. Steve Wojciechowski brought his team down to the Smith Center and uh, beat the Tar Heels. It was not really even a close game. And here's the thing. Uh, while it is Marquette and, and you are looking for revenge from that, it's not really even much of the same Marquette team. Two, In fact, two of the starters from that team, one is at Carolina, one is at Duke now, and that's Garcia and Theo John. Um, of course, also keep in mind that both of these teams have brand new coaches in Shaka Smart and Hubert Davis. So, yes, it is a rematch from a game last year that Carolina lost, but it's, it's quite new. So, while there might be a few things you can derive from last year's game, uh, remember, it was a last-minute schedule, it's new coaches, and all sorts of new players on both sides. In fact, for Marquette, they, they have it worse in terms of roster turnover. Only five of the players on last year's roster are also on this year's roster. Two of those five are walk-ons, so really just three rotation players were on that, but only one of the players that played in that game last year for Marquette uh, is, is now playing. And so of the three players that are still on Marquette's roster, only one of them played in the game last year. So... It's a wholly different Marquette team, a wholly different Marquette system. By comparison, though, for Carolina, outside of Brady Manick, the other four starters for Carolina this year all played in that game last year, plus Kerwin Walton. So Carolina uh, has a little bit of an upper hand there. Storyline three that I am watching. I mentioned Dawson Garcia, and that is the interesting storyline. Obviously, if you're a Tar Heels fan, you know he transferred from Marquette to Carolina this year for his sophomore year. Uh, was the leading scorer in that game, had 24 points, but as you also well know, is done and out for the season. Would love to have seen if he was playing in this game. National media would be all over that storyline, talking about it all the time, but as it is, it's not a thing. However, um, I'm sure that he will be watching at home with great interest to see what happens. Uh, another storyline that I'm watching, the fourth, is that this will be Hubert Davis's first head coaching NCAA tournament game. And so how does he respond? Is he nervous? What What is all that that goes into it? Does he do things differently than he did during the regular season in terms of how he coaches or how he approaches substitution patterns? I, I don't think so, but, you know, got to ask those questions. Now, of course, you probably well know that he had his very fair share of NCAA tournament games as a player for North Carolina. Never won a national championship, but in his four-year career, made three six sweet 16s and a final four. And so he has had very good personal experience in at this level and in this capacity um, as part of the Tar Heels program. Obviously, this will be his first time, again, in the capacity as a head coach. So we have to be on the watch out for that. Uh, two more storylines I want to hit on, and then we will get ready to go into our game preview. This is the exact same spot with the exact same seed in which Carolina lost last year. You might recall that. The Tar Heels lost to Wisconsin in the 8-9 game. Carolina an 8 seed, Wisconsin the 9, in what turned out to be Roy Williams' last game as head coach of the Tar Heels. The first ever time in history of his career that he lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament. And so Carolina, that is actually another measure of revenge they will be looking to get. However, we do need to acknowledge 
even winning this game, that doesn't make up for last year. And so you can't say, oh, we're going to win this one for last year. But um, while you can't replay last year's game, you can use it as motivation to help win this game, right? It's definitely locker board, uh, locker room board material that you can utilize to help motivate you. Similar to how uh, the Carolina 2017 team used the Chris Jenkins shot that lost to Villanova to motivate them as they marched on to the national championship. And then the last storyline that I'm watching is, is the rest factor. Um, against Virginia Tech in the ACC semifinals, the Tar Heels just looked a, a little bit tired, worn down by back-to-back -back games of playing against very deliberate teams in Virginia and Virginia Tech. Obviously, we know the starters have played a lot of minutes and so need that time off to rest and recuperate. And so uh, while you obviously it would have been fun to win the game uh, against Virginia Tech and, and have a rematch against Duke, as I said earlier in the week, it's nice that that last game against Duke was the one in which they beat Coach K in his last home game. And also, they had that every day that you get off is a win. And undoubtedly, another Duke rematch would have been emotional baggage, would have been mentally taxing, would have been physically taxing. And so, uh, in some ways, I'm sure the Tar Heels are very grateful for that rest. Um, and, and you know how, again, how utilized that starting lineup is. And it's important that that starting lineup does well. Uh, if you've looked at Evan Maya's website, Evan miya.com. He has some great statistical data on there. One of which is the is the uh, efficiency of five of quintets in college basketball. Carolina's starting five grades out as the tenth most efficient quintet in all of D1, and so we need them. The Tar Heels need them to be ready to go for this game. So. Coming up, that, that is all my storylines that I'm looking at for the game, but coming up is my Four Corners preview of the game. What am I actually watching for during the game itself? Plus, my pick on the game against the spread and all that coming up. But first, let me tell you about Stat Hero. March Madness, again, starts today, and Stat Hero has a great way for you to interact with all the games in a daily fantasy mode. Stat Hero's NCAA single game pick'em pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Take control back from those handicappers who always seem to have the advantage against you because Stat Hero's players uh, know that with their gameplay, they have four times more odds of winning. Why? Because Stat Hero eliminates all the mystery about who or what you're going up against. So, for example, they have a kind of thing where they set some lineups, you choose that lineup, you pick your lineup, piece it together, and just go head to head. And so, that's a very simple and sleek, easy way to play, and so this game design can have you up and running in just about a couple minutes. That is what Daily Fantasy was actually meant to be. So, for all this simple and easy to sign up for stuff, do it right now for free at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. Again, that's stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% match. Terms and conditions apply. As always, I want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen. Uh, my, my, a big push I would love to ask, a, a request I'd love to ask for you, is if you're dialed in to Locked on Tar Heels, would you go wherever you listen to podcasts and, and rate and review the show? 
just just give us some kind words about why you like it, what you're listening to, how you interact with it, when you listen to it, especially if you're listening on Apple. Uh, that's a great spot to, to help boost how the show is doing on Apple's lists. And so please, 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 if you would, go and do that. All right, here it is, my Four Corners preview of this game. If you're uh, just checking in with us for the first time, if so, thank you. Glad you're here. What we do is for game previews, I just honor Coach Dean Smith by giving four things I'm watching for, and we call it the Four Corners. So, number one, we'll put it in this corner. Protect the ball. Caleb Love and R.J. Davis have to be strong with the ball against this pesky... Marquette team. It's what Shaka Smart's calling card is. Is He's going to have his teams uh, dating back to the VCU teams that did so well, Texas teams. They are going to be pesky and aggressive, try to get all up in you and, and make you uncomfortable. And if you've been keeping track of the Tar Heels this year, you know that they haven't always responded well to that. One of the advantages for Carolina is that they do have these two essential, essentially two point guards at all times on the court with R.J. Davis and Caleb Love. And so what we're going to have to see is can they handle that pressure? Can they do well with it? I think Leaky Black is going to have to help them out, help be a ball handler, help uh, get past that pressure. Also, because of that defense, that, that pressure, if Love and Davis can get past it either through through dribble or passing ahead, something in Carolina's advantage is they can be aggressive going to the hoop, um, hopefully get fouled, and go to the line where they shoot the 17th best free throw percentage in all of Division I. One, they're one of the top three teams in the major conferences in free throw percentage and lead the ACC. And so break through this pressure, break through the stingy defense, get to the rim, get to the line, and make your free throws. And in, in the midst of gameplay, Pitch ahead, get it up to Manic, get it up to Baycott, let them go to work. So that's four corners, number one. Speaking of Brady Manic, that's going to be the second corner up here. Get Brady Manic going early and often. The Tar Heels have looked phenomenal when he's been in and going. Against Virginia Tech, not so much. Brady Manick wasn't able to hit the first time in 23 games that he had not made a three-pointer. Carolina needs that from him. If, if they can get Manick loose, if he can find his shot, could be a really good day. Um, he along, and we're going to talk about, we talked about this yesterday, excuse me, but he along with Leaky Black is are the two most experienced NCAA tournament players on this team and the only ones with experience in front of fans. And so Carolina will rely on Manick in a big way <clears throat> excuse me, to provide that offensive punch. And so uh, Brady Manick, get him going early and often for the Tar Heels. Four corners, number three. We're going to put it down over here. The leaky lockdown, I'm calling it. Man, Leaky, if you listened to yesterday's show, you know that Leaky Black has been the man for the Tar Heels, doing everything uh, he can from a versatile standpoint uh, to help bring stuff together, to help guard whomever he is being asked to guard. And not every team in the nation has somebody that can do something like that, guarding anyone from Paolo Bancaro on down to Kihei Clark. There's a foot difference between those guys, and Leaky Black is locking them both up. So what does that mean for this game against Marquette? Well, Justin Lewis is Marquette's leading scorer and rebounder. 17.1 points per game, 7.9 rebounds per game. He's a redshirt freshman, so does have experience, 
but he's not a senior like Leaky. And so what I talked about on yesterday's show is that Leaky has a, has an opportunity to use his wily, wily veteran uh, wise moves to, to get into Lewis, to, to lock him up, to shut him down. Lewis provides a, a pretty interesting and difficult matchup for most teams. He's 6'7", uh, close to 250 pounds, and, and while Leakey doesn't weigh that much, he does have a height advantage on Lewis, and so uh, Lewis is causing issues for a lot of teams this year, but a lot of teams don't have Leaky Black. Carolina does. So here's what needs to happen. Leaky Black locks down on Justin Lewis. It frees up the other defenders to do what they need to do because Carolina is going to have a height and size advantage. I'm going to talk about that more in just a second. And doing so is going to help get the Tar Heels a victory. So four corners, number three, the Leaky Lockdown. And the final fourth corner in our game preview today, we're going to put it over here in this bottom corner over by my name. When you get to the NCAA tournament, it's not about where a team is ranked in Ken Palm or how many quad one wins they have or where they're at in the AP top 25. It's all about how do I match up in this team right here in front of me, man to man to man to man to man. That's what everyone's worried about. You're scouting like crazy. How do I match up against what's right in front of me? It's not about am I the higher seed or the lower seed. It's about how do we play well against this team? How do I match up? If I'm Carolina, how do I match up against Marquette? And how do I exploit their weaknesses? How do I run my own stuff and make you to play, force you to play my game? So for the Tar Heels, what that means against Marquette is they have what I just referenced a second ago. They have a size advantage. There is a personnel opportunity there that Carolina can exploit. So for me, that brings two things that I'm watching for in this fourth corner with how Carolina exploits their advantage. How does this undersized Marquette team choose to guard Baycott? If they leave somebody alone down on him in the post, he's going to get everything he needs. It'll probably be a very explosive game for Baycott in that scenario, uh, which, thank you, congratulations, and he'll be now the leading rebounder in Carolina history for a single season, which he's going to do anyway. Uh, but if they decide to double him, great. You know what he does? He kicks out to somebody. Maybe it's Brady Manick finding all sorts of opportunities. That's what happened uh, against Virginia. They kept doubling down on Baycott, and that's why Brady Manick had a huge game. He found him out on the perimeter. Boom, 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 boom. All sorts of shots. So for Marquette, it's pick your poison here. Do we want Baycott to kill us? Do we want Manick or somebody else to kill us if we double down on him? And we've seen it many times this year. Even when teams double Baycott, he still gets a double-double. And so uh, that's what Marquette's going to have to figure it out. But ultimately, with this fourth corner, I think what it's going to come down to is Carolina's advantage in rebounding. That's the whole key to the game for me. And we'll, we'll just sum it up. We could talk about all the, the offensive and defensive rebounding and percentages and all that. But here's how I sum it up. If you look at rebounding margin for teams this year, Carolina is ninth in the country in Division I with a plus 7.73 rebounding margin. Marquette, on the other hand, 324th in the nation out of 358 teams. So there are only, you know, about 34 teams worse than them. They have a negative four rebounding margin. Carolina needs to get to the defensive and offensive glass early and often and put Marquette away by rebounding all of Marquette shots and a bunch of their own. Carolina's offensive rebounding percentage has grown in recent weeks, not to mention Armando Baycott is the leading offensive rebounder in the ACC, and so he needs to take advantage of that opportunity down low. If Carolina can neutralize that, they'll be your victors in this game. 
All right, before we move on, I want to give you my pick for this game and see what's going to happen. Bet online, like I said earlier, has the line at neg at, at four for the Tar Heels minus four. Their uh, pick to win. The line started at three the first time I looked at it, so there's been a little bit of movement here. Um, and so I'm going to say that Carolina not only wins but covers. I think it is a close game, but four is close enough that I think it's going to be in like the six to eight range is where this ultimately lands as it's close. But I'll say Caleb Love hits a couple free throws down the stretch to ice things. The over-under is 152.5. I'm taking the under in this game. I know these are two high-scoring teams. Carolina averages 77 points a game, Marquette 74. But if you divide out 152 and a half, that's about 76 points per team, and which is above Marquette's average, just below Carolina's average. But for those of you who watch the tournament, you know how things tend to bog down a little more uh, just with everything on the line. And so I think it'll get close to that 152, but it will ultimately be under it. All right, folks, it's not just the Tar Heels going to be in action on Thursday. There are 15 other games, and then the, the 16 other first-round games will be Friday. I want to give you all my final four picks, my champion, all that coming up in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bars are great candy bar replacement options covered in 100% real chocolate. Some of the great flavors include mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month is white chocolate shamrock. These are all delicious, and Built Bar has new flavors coming out all the time. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. First, they make it taste great, but then they're going to figure out how to make it healthy. And I'm not sure how this works out, but they always pull it off. If typical candy bars are somewhere between two to 300 calories, Built Bars are clocking in at just about 130. Also, only 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. That's some great macros that I love to see. So go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. I also want to tell you about Bet Online. It is that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. So from all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. Bet Online remains the best spot for all of your scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering info needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head to the website today, or you can use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, as we wrap up our last segment of today, I want to take you through the other three brackets and give you my final four predictions uh, and then my national champion prediction. Boy, oh boy, it's the best time of the year. I hope you're filling out those brackets. Join us for the Locked on Tar Heels bracket. You can find the link to that in the show description. So uh, yesterday we talked about the East. Uh, my pick is Purdue to come out of the East, beating Carolina in that regional final game. Speaking of which, Carolina's odds with Bet Online to make the final four are plus 2200. So just keep that in mind. Let's go next to the West bracket. That is the bracket on the same side with the East with the Tar Heels. Uh, my look at that for the Sweet 16 picks are Gonzaga as the number one overall seed getting into the Sweet 16, winning both their first games. UConn coming out of that as well. We're going to have Texas Tech as the three seed and Duke finding their way through as the two seed. 
I also am seeing uh, then what we're going to move from there. We'll have uh, Gonzaga versus UConn. Uh, man, the Bulldogs, they're going to keep rolling their way through beating the Huskies. And then in the other game, I've got Texas Tech as the three seed ending Coach K's career in this Elite Eight matchup. And uh, that, or excuse me, in that Sweet 16 matchup, Texas Tech, the Red Raiders ending Coach K's career. And then once we get to the regional final, the Elite Eight, it's Gonzaga versus Texas Tech. Gonzaga cannot be denied. It's just despite Texas Tech's defense, too much Drew Timmy, too much Chet Holmgren, and the Bulldogs move on to the Final Four. Let's move to the north on the other side of the bracket now. I've got Chalk coming through this one into the Sweet 16. Kansas as the one will play Providence in the Sweet 16, the four-seed regular season Big East champions. Auburn as the two-seed, the SEC regular season champions, and they will take on uh, Wisconsin Badgers, number three. They'll play uh, LSU in the second round, but LSU, the whole coaching situation is aimless, and Wisconsin moves on to the Sweet 16. So then in the Sweet 16, I've got Kansas over Providence. Bill Self's team is just too much for the Friars, although they've had a fantastic year. And then Auburn over Wisconsin. Just that front line for the Tigers, it's too much paired with the guard play that they always have. We've got Kansas versus Auburn then in the Elite Eight, and I've got Auburn as the two-seed upsetting Kansas and moving on into the Final Four. Moving to the final region, the South region. Uh, I've got uh, almost chalk here uh, with one exception. So Arizona, I know we've got an injury situation with Kirk Kreisa, but I believe that Arizona is going to have enough to still move on to the Sweet 16. They will play Houston. Houston is going to also make the Sweet 16. They are the five seed coming out of the South Bracket. And then in the bottom half, we've got Villanova coming out as the two seed. Colin Gillespie, uh, fifth-year senior, just too much, and is going to help the Wildcats get it done. And then the three coming out of the South will be Tennessee. They're going to do enough to get on into that Sweet 16 as well. So Sweet 16 in the South, we've got Arizona versus Houston, Tennessee versus Villanova. Uh, this is where the line ends for the Houston Cougars. They've had a great season despite losing two of their top players. But just against this Arizona team that has come out of nowhere to have a phenomenal season, they're going to keep things rolling right on into the Elite Eight. And I've got Tennessee shutting down Jay Wright and Villanova. It's the end of Colin Gillespie's career. Great run, but the Vols are moving on to the Elite Eight where they will face Arizona with the Wildcats beating the Volunteers and moving on to a Final Four under first-year coach Tommy Lloyd. How crazy is this? In the Final Four, we've got Gonzaga versus Purdue. We've got Auburn versus Arizona, two uh, Gonzaga coaches not going up against each other. Tommy Lloyd, uh, the first-year head coach of Arizona, was a longtime assistant at Gonzaga, and then Mark Few, obviously, there at Gonzaga. So, in uh, the game from the left side of the bracket, Gonzaga versus Purdue, Listen, the Boilermakers can score with anybody. Third best in the nation in adjusted offensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm. And you know what? Their defense is getting a little better. It's moved from 100th best in defensive efficiency to 99th. So they're in double digits now. That's great. But it is not uh, good enough defense. As I've said all season long, they are this year's, Purdue is this year's Iowa, who had a fantastic offense last year but just couldn't guard to save their lives. And so that is not enough uh, uh, offense to overcome Gonzaga in a shootout because 
even though Purdue's third best in offensive efficiency, Gonzaga's first. They're the most efficient team on offense in the nation. And not only that, their defensive efficiency efficiency is seventh in the nation, according to Ken Palm. They're the only team coming into the tournament at Ken Palm that has a top 10 offensive and defensive efficiency. The uh, Gonzaga Bulldogs win this game over Purdue, move on to the championship game as they did against Carolina in the 2017 season. On the other side of the bracket, we've got Auburn against Arizona. Great run out of nowhere for Arizona this season. Would love to see those two uh, coaching buddies go off against each other, but ultimately Jabari Smith, Walker Kessler, that front line for Auburn is just too much and they take over, dominate the game and Auburn moves on to the national championship where they will face Gonzaga. Gonzaga versus Auburn on Monday night in early April. Gonzaga finally does it. They win that national championship, get their monkey off the back, that monkey off their back. Finally, we can quit here and people talk about, well, why is Gonzaga ranked so high? Because they're awesome every year. It's just they haven't done it yet, but this is the year that they do. It's going to be a great front court matchup. Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga against Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler. And ultimately, I think the experience of Drew Timmy, the unicorn that is Chet Holmgren, they win out over Auburn's front court and the Bulldogs will get their one shining moment finally. That's my prediction for this year's NCAA tournament. That is it for this episode of Locked on Tar Heels, the first day of the tournament. It's all happening. Please, please, please go subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. That would be fantastic. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Think We're getting so close to 500 subscribers. Would love to see that happen. Hit that bell so you get a notification whenever new episodes drop. And as I said, please rate and review the show. That means so much. If you are on Twitter, please follow the show at Locked on Heels, or you can follow me at Isaac Shade. You can see my name and how it's spelled right here on the screen. If you want to email the show to talk about anything at all, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe you think I'm crazy with my final four picks. Good. Tell me how dumb I am. <laughs> Locked on Heels at Locked on Tar Heels, excuse me, at gmail.com. Coming up on Friday's show tomorrow, uh, we're going to unpack this game because it's March Madness. How did Carolina do against Marquette? We're going to talk about it all. If the Tar Heels win, we'll preview the game against, it's going to be Baylor. We'll preview the Baylor game, see how the Tar Heels line up against the Bears. If they lose, uh, you know, we'll have a little bit of a memoriam. We'll cry together. We'll have our tissues and we will move on. Do be watching social media today. I'll drop a Locked On Now quick recap of the Tar Heels game. I'll also have my quick hitters article up on Sports Illustrated later Thursday night. Again, thank you so much for making Locked On Tar Heels your first listen every single day. Now I want to ask you to make Locked On NFL Draft your second listen. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL draft to life every single day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. Just like all the other Locked On shows, it's free and available anywhere you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for spending the opening day of March Madness checking in with me. I, I hope this is getting you geared up and ready for what's about to happen. Oh, man, what a great day to talk the Tar Heels and all the basketball going on. And remember, just like every other day, today is a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until tomorrow, peace! Peace!